Welcome to Advantage. I'm your host, David Young, and man, super, or, uh, September is in full swing. In our schools, teachers are in their first semester groove, and principals are starting to nail down their routines. And If you're a school leader, I hope you're starting to be able to get control of your daily schedule. Now, believe me, I know that's hard to do. As principals, we often talk about, quote, putting out fires. You know, you can actually make a full-time job out of putting out fires and go home and feel like you've done a lot of work uh, each day. The fires seem to find you when you're in the office, and they definitely find you when your calendar is open. If you're in this situation, the next thing you know, you're just kind of spending the day reacting to everything. You're just taking punch after punch and trying not to go down for the count. You're exhausted at the end of the day, and you haven't gotten anything done that you actually wanted to do. We've all been there, and it's a really hard way to lead. So to start our podcast today, I'm going to encourage you, if that's you, if you're in that situation, I'm going to encourage you to do two things. Number one, I want to encourage you to figure out who the people are in your school or in the district that have influence on the most important things in your school. So those might be uh, certainly teaching and learning, but it could also be other kinds of student supports or safety or something else that you're focusing on this year. But figure out what those most important things are in your school and who the people are that have influence on those things. And then once you know who those people are, I want to encourage you to schedule regular meeting times with those people and get those times on your calendar. Now, there's two key words there. Number one, the meetings have to be scheduled. They have to be on your calendar. They can't just be, hey, I'm going to touch base with you at the end of the day today. I'll catch you on my way out and on your way in because you'll be putting out fires and you won't end up doing that. So they have to be scheduled and they have to be regular. So if it's something important in your school and there's a person who has influence over that, uh, you need to have regular meetings. I, I would say no less than once every other week. But if it's an important thing in your school, I would think you would want to schedule a weekly meeting with that person. So it needs to be scheduled and it needs to be regular. Now, like I said, those important areas could involve teaching or should involve teaching and learning for sure, but also could uh, involve mental health structures or behavior, student behavior, could be chronic absenteeism, could be other things. It could uh, involve important events that you have coming up or other big focus areas that you have this year. Now, here's why I say, here's why I'm encouraging you to do that. One leadership rule that I try to live by is that I believe I can make just about anything move in a positive direction if I have enough scheduled time with the right people. But again, it has to be regular and it has to be scheduled. When you do this, it will put you in the right place at the right time with the right person or the right people. And it's highly likely that this will lead to not only great conversation, but the right conversation about the right thing. If you can get yourself in that room, some of the work will happen just because we're all together and we're talking about the right thing. And it'll help you delegate. It'll help you share your vision. It'll help you monitor uh, better and it'll help you get things done in your school that are good for kids. So if you feel yourself putting out fires all day long and your schedule is controlling you, the first thing I want to encourage you to do today is to figure out who those people are and schedule time with them regularly. Number two, 
you know, we're all, we're really in the teaching and learning business. We're, you know, that's, that's why schools were created. We do lots of other things for kids and their families, but at the end of the day, we're trying to educate them. So curriculum and instruction is of the utmost importance. So I want to encourage you today to put classroom walkthrough time, walkthrough observation time on your calendar. And it needs to be on your calendar at least three days each week. Now, it doesn't have to be three full days, but there needs to be an ample amount of time, you know, an hour more than probably more than an hour, a couple hours, um, three days every week. Ask your office staff not to contact you during your scheduled meetings that I talked about a minute ago or during your walkthrough time unless it's an absolute emergency. And you, you may have to define what I mean by emergency. If you can get into walk uh, into classrooms doing walkthroughs like that, it, it it's a multi-layered positive approach. It makes you visible. Uh, it gets you into classrooms unannounced, which helps keep everyone bringing their A-game every day. Uh, and it sends the message that you're the instructional leader in the building, and all of those are major positives. Now, those two things are not a foolproof system, and of course there's a delicate balance. But if you do those two things, I think you'll be amazed at how the fires don't find you as easily. You'll still need to keep up with what other people are doing if they're handling situations in your place, but you can do that with a 10-minute debriefing at the end of each day with your leadership team or your office staff. There are ways you know, those fires will still be there. It just may not be that you're the one always putting them out. There'll be other people that will step in to do some of those things for you. So kind of to end this this little uh, segment of the episode, it's frustrating when your job feels like it's controlling you instead of you controlling it. So I want to encourage you to give those two things a try and see how it goes. I want to touch on one more thing. Just really quickly, I want to mention our our question that we put on Twitter, which is now called X. I can't get used to that. Uh, we pose the question, quote, from your perspective, what are the factors that result in a great start to the school year? Now, John Austin Jenkins, who has been a guest on Advantage, had a great response. He said, positive climate and culture, strong relationship uh, building activities, team building and class building, and clear communication between administrators, staff, and students. So, his answer is spot on. And the communication part, you know, he said clear communication between administrators, staff, and students. And that's something we heard last week when we talked with Chad Brown, who does a lot of uh, executive coaching with some pretty high-level executives. Um, he talked about communication channels being one of the main things that his team works with corporations on the most often. And we know that it's huge in our schools and in our districts as well especially when you're setting the norms at the beginning of the school year. I'm also a huge fan of class builders and team builders that John Austin mentioned because they create a culture of inclusiveness and a great environment for learning. So great job, uh, John Austin. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts on this. So that gets us to today's episode. I am thrilled to have Superintendent Matt Moore and uh, Director of Elementary Schools, Lori Jones, of Jessamine County Schools with me today. A couple weeks ago, I spent the morning with principals from the schools in Jessamine County, as well as many of those on the district administrative team. When I was with them, we talked about one of those counterintuitive topics that you all know I like so much. 
the title of the workshop was It's Not, all capital letters, N-O-T, It's Not All About Relationships. Now, I'll pause for a moment while you gasp at the audacity I have to say such a thing. Uh, As you all know, if you look up what the education experts out there say on Twitter or other social media, you will quickly find out that that they say nearly 100% of our chances of success with students rests on the quality of our relationships with them. So why in the world would I say that it's not all about relationships? Well, that's the topic we're going to discuss today, and I'm really excited to get Matt and Lori's perspective on it. So with that, Matt Moore and Lori Jones, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Yes, thank you, David. And uh, I love being here today, and the two tips that you gave I thought were absolutely powerful, especially the first one, finding those influencers. And, you know, my immediate thought was if you give those other people opportunities to put out those fires, They just become much more equipped to do so, and all you're doing is preparing them for their next leadership role. So Mm -hmm. lots of positive things can come from that. Mm -hmm. Well, one thing we get into, I think, is particularly as principals, maybe it's not as bad at central office, but as principals, we just feel like we get in that mode where we feel like we have to do it all. Yes. And and the truth is we can't do it all. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we've got people around us who want to help us, uh, but we have to put them in. We still... You know, the buck still stops with us, so we still have to keep our kind of finger on the pulse of the building and what's going on and mm-hmm. major things that are happening. But that doesn't mean we have to be the person who handles them all. Right. Absolutely. Right. And, and you, you questioned if it was just in the schools with principals. I think it's in every single leadership role where there may be two or more people involved in trying to uh, get the task done. So I think it's great advice no matter where you are, yep. in education or outside of I, I agree. We all we all have people around us that want us to help them, but we have to we have to um, we have to do things on purpose, though. Right. Uh, I I know if we if we just kind of throw caution to the wind and say, hey, I'm going to try to empower some people around me, you'll get caught up in doing the work and you won't end up doing that. So you have to purposefully schedule time with them. That's that's what I found for myself and other people that I've coached as well. Give so. you a lot of confidence in them too. It does. With that follow up time. It does. Well, guys, I've uh, I've uh, introduced you all just a small amount. You know what your what your role is, but would you mind for our listeners to sure. take a moment, Lori? You want to start? Sure. Thank you. Yep. Um, I'm Lori Jones. I'm the director of elementary schools um, here in Desmond County. And my background: I was a teacher, elementary and high school, which is really weird. That is. Um, and then I was a highly skilled educator with the Department of Education then went on to be a principal and a director in Eastern Kentucky and then thought, hey, I need to go back to KDE again to do educational recovery. And then from there was in higher ed for a couple years Mm -hmm. and then was lucky enough to land in this spot. So really love my job here, what I do here. Oh, good for you. You've got a wide range of experience. That is is a unique uh, pathway that you've taken, especially being in higher ed Mm -hmm. uh, as well. But just for two years. Yeah. And there's a reason. Uh, Yep, yep, yep. (laughs) I can can understand. Uh, And we are lucky to have... Uh, Dr. Jones in Jessamine County, yep. definitely. Very fortunate. Yeah. Matt, you want to share a little bit more about yourself? Sure. Uh, I've been in education for 32 years, uh, all of it in Jessamine County. So 
I grew up here in Jessamine County and I guess grew old here in Jessamine County too. <laughs> but I've been the superintendent, this, I'm going on my seventh year and deputy superintendent uh, five years before that. And I also taught at the elementary level and the high school level and most of it has been in special education. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good deal. Well, and of course you and I, we kind of go way back. Yeah. Uh, even when I was down the road as the assistant superintendent in Boyle County, we got to work together. Yeah, uh, I got to borrow some good ideas from you. Yeah, yeah and we borrowed was... some from you as well. <laughs> and uh, and then since since then, uh, when I first got to CKEC, you were the board chair yeah. uh, for my first year and really supported me a lot. So yeah, we we've known each other for a while now. Yeah, definitely been a good partnership. It has been. Well, so before we get into the topic today, maybe you all. Uh, is there any, any, I know there are so many, you know, Jessamy County Schools is a pretty big school district in Kentucky, uh, and I know you have a lot of good things uh, going on. Is there anything in particular that maybe you all are focusing on right now, um, or something that you might want to share with our listeners that is kind of a, we shine a spotlight on right now but in Jessamy County? Is this where I'm supposed to ask you how much time we have? It is. That's <laughs> yeah. right. That's yeah. right. How many yeah. schools? To, uh, how many uh, schools do you guys we have? We have uh, 14 schools, mm-hmm. and we're right at uh, 8,600 students. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah and uh, we have one school that's dedicated to uh, preschool through kindergarten uh, yep. students, and then six elementary, and then tr- two traditional middle school and high schools, yeah. and then a, a really strong alternative school. Uh, that serves secondary students, uh, and then our Career and Technology Center is uh, incredible. Yes. And then we also have a really good partnership for a, a day treatment uh, program with the Methodist Home. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, re- really good school system uh, to be part of. Feel very fortunate. Uh, lots of uh, history here, a lot of uh, just traditions that I think you could find uh, evidence of being started 20 years ago, but it also has a really good focus on a lot of innovative practices. So mm-hmm. I, I feel, again, fortunate to get to uh, partner with the people that I partner with. And you asked about things that uh, are going on right now, and I'll just briefly mention a couple. You know, uh, this podcast I think is really. Uh, in line with some of the work that we're doing because we're taking all of our uh, leadership, uh, our directors, principals, assistant principals and such through uh, transformational leadership um, uh, activities. We did that last year and really are trying to connect uh, those practices to something specific that they're working on in their schools. Hmm. So that's been a lot of work that we've been involved in over the past year and a half and we're starting, I think it is helping us grow not only as uh, uh, leaders uh, in the profession, but also uh, serving our students really well. So been really intentional on that. I know uh, a lot of uh, school districts uh, have been involved in graduate profiles uh, over the years and, and are doing a lot of exploration and building up on that. And uh, Jessamine County's right there too. This has been something we've been working on for probably seven years. Uh, COVID slowed us down a little bit, but last year we were able to really embrace a lot of those practices and I I speak to that because it's really exciting to see some of the products and and some of the changes in behavior that we've seen uh, from our students and quite frankly from our staff too and you know we as we talk about that we I think the most important thing is that we 
are not only getting our students that uh, sound education, but we're also building all of those other skills, those durable skills that are uh, helping them connect that learning to uh, future life experiences. So I think we're, we are uh, making a lot of progress in that and we'll continue to work on that through the year because we still have some work to do. Yeah. But uh, just excited that uh, we're getting to be involved in that right now. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I, I can tell you from an outside perspective looking in, I have always been impressed. I, I think you all, you all have kind of three focus areas that are all really important. You all are focused on best practices and good teaching and learning and making sure that your standards based, those kinds of things. But then you're also focused on uh, being innovative and finding little pockets of innovation and seeing how those work and then trying to scale those. And then the third thing is, I know you have a focus on providing opportunities mm -hmm. for kids, career exploration and certifications that they can get. And those three, when you keep, when you get those three in balance, you know, you're, it's a really strong school system. And I, I can tell you all are always kind of working within those three areas. And I, I admire that a lot. I appreciate that very much. Yeah. Do you want to share one, Lori? Oh, I've got so many. <laughs> um, one that we're really excited about is um, really focusing in. We've we've seen lots of gains with our literacy um, rates and students on grade level in literacy, but our math has still been a concern, and so we are engaging with um, iReady in continuous improvement cycles, coaching cycles around math discourse. Mm -hmm. And we are really excited about um, the depth of math instruction that that's bringing to our students and just the engagement, the excitement, and just how that's going to impact results for students. So yeah, that'll, really excited about that. that will make a big difference. And, uh, and, and you're right, I've seen your all strong literacy scores mm -hmm. and your math. It, your math is not bad, but it's behind it your is. literacy. So I love to hear that you guys are focusing on that in such mm -hmm. an intentional way that, mm -hmm. that that'll be good for kids as well. Yeah. All right, so, so let's kind of get into our topic. So when you all heard that I was offering a, kind of a workshop called It's Not All About Relationships, I'm just interested to know what your first thoughts were uh, about that and, and what made you, uh, you, know, you guys were interested in it. You asked me to come in. So what were your first thoughts and what made you interested in it? I just feared it was a typo. <laughs> <laughs> You clarify when yeah yeah you came no actually I hadn't seen the title before I heard somebody uh, mm -hmm. talking about it because they attended uh, the training and then just said this is right in line with the work that we're talking about and it just seems like it's so relevant for our leaders leaders right now so you know as I look at the title though the word that really stands out to me is all because yeah. I know you're not dismissing the relationship uh, in any way and just knowing the way you've led uh, in the times that uh, we've spent together, uh, I I'm confident that uh, you value that. But I do. But, but again, who knows with that title, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> just get rid of all the relationships. Yeah, that's right. They're not really that important. Yeah. Well, it, Hannah reach out, reached out to us, our CAO, and just said, this is, like Matt said, this, this is really in line with what we are trying to, to be more like in terms of um, our leadership structures. Yep. And Tim Godby had challenged us this summer at our leadership retreat, and something that stuck with me is he said that 
three three things have to be present to have effective leadership. One is visibility. Yep. That talks about what you were saying earlier. Two is clarity. Yeah. What are our expectations? What impact are we wanting to make? You know, what are those fences that we're all about? And then the third was accountability. Mm-hmm. And so we're really trying to strike a balance of the three as a district in our leadership work, for sure. So as we get into this topic today, it really does get into some of those things around clarity and around accountability. And, you know, before our listeners stop listening, we do need to acknowledge that relationships are, capital A-R-E, really important. They are they are a vital part of doing what it is that we're trying to do in schools, which is just to positively impact the lives of our students um, and our families. But um, I, I'll go one further. One of the reasons that I believe relationships are important, the thing that kind of resonates with me, is it re- uh, that relationships are important because teachers, students, and families need support, and they need and they need guidance. You know, when they, when the kids walk in each day. We're trying to provide support to them, and we're trying to provide guidance to them. Um, when our teachers walk in every day, for us as leaders, they need support, and they need guidance. They need us to empower them, but also to equip them with the things that they need. Um, and So as leaders, that's a big part of our job, support and guidance. And when you need support, you often turn to people that you have positive relationships with so so for me when I say relationships are important it it kind of comes back to that so let me ask a question is as leaders uh, just talking about relationships now have you seen any practices in schools and relationships that or uh, schools and classrooms that really lead to positive meaningful relationships and would you be willing to share some of them with us sure uh, the first thing that comes to mind really is Um, our work around classroom learning systems Mm -hmm. and um, truly that um, students and teachers are setting goals together they are clarifying what what they're after with the upcoming learning unit and they are teachers are holding students accountable but also building that trust and that relationship and so we've seen increased student learning rates dramatically change um, based on having that type of system in place in the classroom. Great. That's going to get right into something we're going to talk about in a second as well. That's a fantastic example. Uh, I heard about this uh, just a couple weeks ago, but it's actually been occurring, uh, I think, now for over a year. Uh, We have a principal at the elementary level who intentionally makes a phone call uh, to every new family that enrolls a child in this school and you know he has a series of questions and just really spends some time having some dialogue with them and you know that uh, really does build that start building that relationship and lets them know that the uh, principal values that Mm -hmm. and I think what he gets is some very very active parents and some parents that really want to support that school uh, financially with their time and and through other ways so I think that that's just a really nice touch that he's done uh, mm-hmm. to, to just make sure that he is building that you know true mm-hmm. uh, community within a school and then you know another thing when uh, you ask that question that comes to mind for me uh, Jessamine County uh, has always had retreats of some sort a leadership retreat 
teacher retreats, you know, school retreats. And what we realized that we were starting to do is really not going into the retreat mode, but really using that to maybe say you're going to be working a much, much longer day. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. it, and the retreat almost became uh, a dirty word in the county. Yeah. And as we sat back and uh, had a, uh, a very senior, experienced leader talk to us and really had us reflect on what we needed in retreats, and we made it a commitment to breaking that into a third, a, a learning time, a processing time, and then a third of the time really spending time getting to know one another and build relationships. So, you know, sometimes you have to be intentional with that. And, and I think that somebody pointing out that we had shifted to all work and, you know, all business and, yep. and we needed to step back and uh, remember what, what has made us a strong district and what has uh, pulled us together. So we're just being much more intentional on things like that. I think those are great examples, and they, and they really do connect back to kind of where we started about, uh, you know, we have staff and and teachers and and students and families who need support. What a what a great example for the principal who is reaching out to, to let families know, you know, we're we're glad you're here, you know, what a great first impression to make to really open the door so that they know that we're here. We're here to support you um, in any way that we can. It's no wonder that he has, you know, high rates of uh, family participation uh, and and support in that way. And then the same for the retreat uh, example. We're opening up the doors to know that we're going to support uh, each other. And yeah. and if you know everybody in your district uh, office and your principals, like we're all working together as colleagues, but then we're also at times folks at the district are working to provide leadership for folks at school, uh, et cetera. And so you're opening those doors as well. So, so when we talk about relationships, we're talking about support that students, teachers, and families need. And when we're talking about support, we're talking about leadership and the need and the need for that. So in a school district, who do you all think of as leaders? Now, clearly, the superintendent, Matt, you're here. You're you're seen as a leader and are a leader in the school district, Lori, in, in your role. So there are some that are kind of obvious answers. The principal is a leader uh, inside their school, but um, but I kind of view it a little more broadly than that. So I, I, will you all kind of expand on that a little bit? What are your thoughts about leaders in schools and districts? So um, early on in my time here in Jessamine County, they had already established a teacher leader network. Yep. And we quickly, as new directors, realized that our teacher leaders were probably some of our most influential people in the district. Right. And so we really started building capacity with them and continue to do that to this day. But when we've got a new initiative or a new problem to tackle, we go to them a lot of times first to problem solve, and then when we they say, this, these should be our next steps, then we use them to deploy the next steps. So they really do, they're very influential in our district. And another thing that we went to is having district process owners. Yep. So in OTL, we could not do all of the curriculum work to the degree that everyone said, we need to be able to do this yep. to a deeper level. Yep. And so we started having um, 
people, whether they be assistant principals, instructional coaches, take on process owner of a particular area, and that has been a game changer as well. We meet with them once a month yep. to teach them about continuous improvement, to teach them about leadership, but also to hear from them what's working, what's not working, what are your next steps. And that has been a true game changer in terms of expanding leadership, shared leadership. So you're talking about then, you're talking about teachers serving as leaders, leading other teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, teachers are also leaders of students. Right. So we've got teachers who are certainly leaders in a few different ways mm-hmm. uh, within a school district. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I was thinking uh, similar to uh, Lori, so I'll, I'll shift to in another direction with this one, but I, I agree wholeheartedly with her comments. Uh, but, you know, some of my immediate thought too was that it's not all about titles. You know, you had said something that there sure. are some obvious people yep. that uh, are uh, obvious ro- roles, but I think it really does boil down uh, in a lot of cases to. Uh, individual individuals at mm-hmm. schools or in settings stepping up. So, as I just really try to process some specific examples, you know, I think of uh, visiting a classroom and a couple students that were just really key in getting all the other students engaged mm-hmm. in an activity. Yep. And, you know, the, they were natural leaders that were supporting that role. And then another one that I'd actually shared with our new teacher, or with our teachers at the start of the year. When I think of leadership, something I got to experience right at the tail end of last year was uh, going through an elementary line to get lunch, and I saw a student in the line starting to cry. Well, she was crying, and then I, I just looked at the lady who was uh, the lunch lady who was uh, uh, going to take her number to go through the line, and she just did a head nod to another food service worker who just immediately left her post and followed that young lady and mm-hmm. sat down with her. And, you know, I just watched that whole thing unfold and they had confidence. They knew that they were there to support students, not just serving them a meal, but to make sure, you know, those students had, you know, that's a barrier they're removing, you know, yeah. wanted to make sure, sure they a good meal. Well, they were also doing that from that social emotional. And uh, I'm confident that that uh, food service uh, lady spoke to uh, the teacher to let the teacher know what was going on but when I just processed that and looked at it that was just true leadership uh, that just inspires other people uh, uh, mm-hmm. to, to step up and do the same type of thing yeah that's awesome example you've got so what we're so what we're really saying is we're talking about folks who need support and guidance inside a school district whether those are teachers or whether those are uh, district uh, administrators whether those are students getting that from so many different places. I mean, that example, a student uh, was getting leadership support uh, from someone working in, in the cafeteria. Bus drivers are leading uh, leading students. Transportation, the transportation director is leading the bus drivers mm-hmm. who are leading the students. You could just go on and on uh, throughout the whole school district. Everybody, almost everybody has leadership responsibilities mm-hmm. to provide support and guidance to somebody. Right. So if we're all leaders, then we need to talk about why does someone choose to follow someone as a leader? In a previous episode of Advantage and in my workshop with you guys the other day, I outlined three questions that I believe someone needs to answer yes before they decide to follow Mm -hmm. 
someone else as a leader. So here are those three questions. Number one is, do I trust this person? You know, before I decide that I'm going to follow someone, I've, I've got to say yes to that question. I trust them. I know that they are in it for my best interest. And if the chips are down, they aren't going to throw me under the bus. They're going to be in it with me. Mm-hmm. And that's a relationships oriented uh, question. You know, I've got to have, if I trust you, then that's the start of me having a positive relationship with you. My second question that I think people need to answer is, does this person care about me? And that one's connected to trust, but care about me means, do they care about my well-being outside my work production? Do they know me as a person? Do they know anything about me? Do they know what I like and what I don't like? If I'm sick, uh, does it, do they think about that? You know, does the person really care about me? That's another relationship oriented one. So I've got three questions here and two out of the three have been about relationships. Mm -hmm. So it is about relationships, but the third question adds a little different element. The third question that I think someone has to answer yes before they decide to follow someone else is can this person take me to the next level or help me achieve a goal Mm -hmm. or an aspiration that I have. And that one is not necessarily, that one is more growth oriented. That one is not necessarily relationship oriented. So what are your thoughts when I add in that third question before someone decides to follow, they have to answer the question, yes, can this person take me to the next level and or help me achieve a goal or an aspiration I have? Uh, I'll go ahead and start by saying this is where you're trying to recover from your title. So, right, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, but you know, as I reflect on the three questions, the first two are what's going to draw me in to a person, or give, or make me attend to them, or focus on them, maybe more so than I would have, because I feel like they're investing in me. But then. Uh, the third one, I think, is the power piece of that because, you know, it, as as I think of the people that I brought into roles uh, to, you know, have hired to work at central office or to have worked in the schools, you know, I just make the assumption that they're going to be able to build those relationships, and I feel like I pick all I pick all of that up. It may be an indirect uh, conversations with them, but where I'm really drawn is can they take the work to that next level? Can, can they make things uh, better for that school? So the first two, I mean, that's the foundation. You know, if they, uh, if it's somebody that I can't trust, then yeah. I, don't need, I don't need them uh, to, in that to building take, or in yeah. my life or doing the work that we're trying to do. Right. And, uh, you know, and if they're not taking care of, of their kids, not taking care of the school system, not taking care of me, then again, that's something that we don't need. But they can have both of those attributes or that skill set, but they also have to be able to move the needle. So Mm -hmm. I think that third question is uh, what our kids deserve. It's not just the relationship piece, but a person who can take that, that learning experience to another level. And if if folks don't feel that about a leader, they're not going to truly they're not going to listen to that person because right, they right. just 
either they don't think they're equipped, they have the knowledge base, or you know, for whatever reason, they may pay lip service to that person. They're not going to follow that person. That's right. Just not. They're not. They're not. And and so to put this back in context, you know, we're talking about students in a classroom. The teacher is the leader. Mm-hmm. So students every day are asking themselves that question: Do I trust mm-hmm. this person? Does the teacher, do I trust the teacher? Does the teacher care about me? And can the teacher take me to another level? Can 100%. they? 100%. Yeah. And, uh, and we think about our best teachers. They're the ones that we know kids are answering that question yes mm-hmm. over and over and over. But it also applies to us if we're at a, if we're at a district level mm-hmm. and we're, we have other district administrators that are on our team. They're asking the same questions about us. If I'm the principal uh, in a school, my teachers mm-hmm. and the students and maybe the families are all trying to answer those three questions about me. You know, you gave yeah. the example of the principal who's calling. Well, those families probably are starting to answer those first two questions. Right. You know, yeah. do I trust this person? I think maybe I do. I'm, I'm starting to. They've mm-hmm. already made, He's already made a phone call mm-hmm. uh, to me, and I really appreciate that. Does he care about me? Does he care about my child? thinking he might so I'm 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 heading down the pathway of answering that question yes and then the third question you know can he or she take me and my family or my or my child to another level help them help Mm -hmm. them realize an aspiration you know that that really is the that really is the key question so when when you can answer all three of those questions yes then the relationship is not only a caring and trusting relationship, that new element makes it now a learning relationship. Mm -hmm. And in a learning relationship, there's a potential for the bond between the person in need of support and guidance and the leader. And that bond can be powerful and dynamic and it can create really positive momentum. And in schools, that's what we're trying to do, right? We're, We're trying to create positive momentum for our kids. So when we talk about that learning, that whole aspect of a learning relationship, um, is there anywhere that, that you, that comes to mind immediately where you've seen that you, uh, Laura, you gave an example a minute ago of what you have going on in a lot of your classrooms with the goal setting and that kind of thing. And that's a great example. Are there any other uh, places that you've seen that element show up and make a difference in somebody's life? And it could be within the school system, but it could be outside. i I think we answer those three questions in our personal lives uh, as well with the people that we choose to spend time with or confide in or... Or marry. Marry, yes. <laughs> I, certainly we answer those three questions. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when I think of this one, it, I, it draws me to uh, something I've, I've shared with some other people here here in Jessamine County. Uh, and this happened a couple years ago. I was... Uh, uh, sitting as a summer, summer evening, sitting around a, a campfire with a nephew who was a who had just graduated from high school and was in college, and we were talking about um, some of our experiences in high school. And he started telling me all about his favorite teacher, and he didn't share the name, but he was talking about everything that he liked about that particular teacher, and it was definitely tied to that relationship piece. He was a fun guy. He could uh, uh, connect uh, uh, 
his teaching with your personal experiences and everything, but then he also talked about that push. He made you just think about life differently and didn't let up that way. And he kept talking and gave me specific examples. And and I was sharing with him in response to uh, his uh, what he was describing, I was sharing my favorite teacher. And then he kept saying a couple things, and I'm like, who are you talking about? <laughs> and he said that uh, was Mr. Batson was the name, and it was my the teacher that I was describing as well. Wow! So it's oh, wow. you know <clears throat> yeah. 25 years apart, and this teacher was inspiring you know generations at at that point, uh, and, and you know again he just had he was equipped with all three of those questions where he. Uh, built that very uh, solid relationship. You trusted him, but as soon as uh, you connected with him, he was uh, pushing you and challenging you at a different type of a level, while the whole time embracing uh, all of the important things of the, uh, the relationship. So, mm-hmm. Man, neat experience. That is a neat experience. What a great story. Think about coaches. I, I was going to say coaches yeah. a minute ago. I, I think, think about parenting too. I, yes, <laughs> good parenting. Yes, good. I you totally know. agree. When I ask this question in big groups, and I ask people to think about somebody in their life mm-hmm. that they have seen, that they have followed, that they can answer those three questions, a lot of times people go to coaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if our coaches. I hope they realize what an impact they have on people's mm-hmm. lives Absolutely. because they are in a. I guess because they're in a competitive situation maybe where we're really trying to achieve something together, mm-hmm. if they can answer those three questions, it becomes really evident. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, go ahead. I, I cut you off. No, no, you didn't. I mean, I think I think about that and really how if we're following, you know, if we're able to say that people can answer those three questions that you've been talking about, that truly we do have influence in people's lives. We influence the change that, you know, learning is change. And so if we truly have that influence, we can change how people do things because we have that. And coaches, of course, are, you know, it's fall baseball right now in Jessamine County, and I see lots of posts constantly. We love our coach. You know, my child listens to that coach. They change their behavior at home. They're practicing constantly because they have this goal and they know where they want to be and their coach is telling them specific feedback. This is what you need to work on. We'll see you at practice next week. You know, and it's it's just neat to see. I mean, yep. it really is. It's neat to see the impact that they have on Well, you can, you definitely know it when you see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, you see, when you see somebody in a leadership position who's supporting and guiding others and they're answering those three questions, yeah. you, you, there's a difference between that and just the first two questions. Mm-hmm. I, I trust this person and I know this person cares about me. Those things are important and for sure. Mm-hmm. But when you add in that third one, um, it just takes it to a different level. Mm-hmm. You're drawn to that person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. I agree with that. All right, so let's talk about one last thing. So I've worked with a ton of leaders over the years, and and I think I've seen a, a trend. I, I think I can put all of those people that have been in leadership positions into one of two categories as far as what drives them. Every leader I've worked with is either is has either been driven by relationships or they've been driven by achievement and accountability, holding others accountable. 
So I want to back up and say that again, because that's I know that's a very black and white thing to say. Mm-hmm. Everybody in two categories. Maybe there's a third one, but mm-hmm. I think I can put them all into it. They have either been naturally innately driven by relationships with the people that they're leading, or they've been driven by achievement mm-hmm. and accountability, holding other people accountable to achieve high things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the best leaders that I have worked with know which of those that they naturally are and they consciously work on the other one to have a good mix between the two so the best leaders really have a good balance they kind of can do both of those things but they naturally do one of them and they work Mm -hmm. on the other one so i just wonder as you all have worked with leaders in your career does that make sense to you is that something that you have seen uh is that a fair statement i think it absolutely is and you know there are just a, a very few unique individuals that I would have a challenge telling you, really strong leaders, exactly which of those two areas, achievement or relationship, uh, yeah. they uh, favor uh, the most. But you know, I know of a lot of really, really good leaders that I can tell, like you're saying, that really connect much more on the achievement. And I see those really strong leaders that are much more intentional on making sure they're addressing the relationship piece at the same time. Yeah. And what I love even more are those really effective leaders make sure that the people that they're leading with, maybe part of their leadership team, is the balance of uh, mm-hmm. some of their, uh, that the areas that maybe aren't so natural to them. Yeah. And you know, when you made that description or when you said something about and making sure you're working on that other area. I'm thinking about one principal we have in the county, and she has encouraged the assistant principal to make sure that that's a focus, because she realizes she moves very quickly to the achievement piece and sometimes bypasses the relationship. She has it in her, mm-hmm. and she you know, does a great job with relationships, but she can move through that sometimes a little bit quickly. So her assistant principal carries on conversations with her and they make sure that that's always a part of the work Mm -hmm. nice yeah i think and you know the work of zaretta hammond Mm -hmm. with um you know warm demander sentimentalist um, technocrat i personally as a leader i tend to um relationships are very important to me so i but i can tend to go back down into that sentimentalist which is like too focused on the first two questions yeah but then when I think about students and I think about what we owe students it pushes me back up into that accountability piece because we owe students more than just you know a pat on the back we owe them can we take you to the next level and if we're doing that we have to take leaders to the next level teachers to the next level um, our support staff to the next level so it's very important that we do that I agree it's a great point and that's great work that uh, Zaretta Hammond has done Love there it. as well. Love it, yeah. So, so let's talk about if someone uh, leans a little too heavily to one of those sides or the other. So if a leader is, uh, because we've got listeners uh, to the podcast, and every one of them probably naturally leans a little more to one side, being driven by relationships or accountability and achievement. And if they're questioning it, they can just ask a coworker and they could probably <laughs> They could probably tell them, honestly. Yes. Ask somebody that'll be honest with Absolutely. you. Absolutely. And they'll tell you, yeah, here's here's what you naturally do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So 
So if a leader is too heavy on the achievement and holding others accountable side, how do some, how do people sometimes view them? So if they, they're just too heavy on that side, not heavy enough on the relationships, how do you think people view them? Business only. Um, and I was thinking cold. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Or not caring. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then the other one was uh, maybe that glory seeker. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. He's all, all in it for the achievement in it, mm-hmm. in it for himself or herself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're, when it comes to high stakes accountability, if they're really driven by that, mm-hmm. you know, then they, then people might say, well, all, all he t- cares about is a test score. And all, mm-hmm. you know, all he just views these kids as test scores walking mm-hmm. around, you know, they'll, yeah. they'll kind of get that sort of reputation. Yeah. On the extreme, they may be seen as cutthroat and and too yeah. highly competitive and mm-hmm. those kinds of things, mm-hmm. right? So that's why it's important if you're an accountability and achievement-driven person to make sure that you're balancing that out with good, strong, trusting, caring uh, relationships uh, in order to kind of balance that out. Yeah. How about on the other side? If they're too heavy on relationships, how are they sometimes viewed? Maybe they're not always honest about certain things. They're not uh, being honest about feedback sometimes because yeah. they value the relationship more than the... Yeah, yeah. And, the, and what I was thinking that's kind of in line with what you just said, Lori, is uh, soft. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, yes. yeah, just not a, a strong leader mm-hmm. or, or maybe uh, ineffective or not equipped for the position either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, somebody who is kind of a pushover or won't ever do anything difficult, you know, yeah. just maybe on the extreme, well, he, you know, he just says whatever he thinks each person wants to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. You know, which can get into not being viewed as being honest mm-hmm. because, you yeah. know, you just kind of change, well, he just changes the message with whoever mm-hmm. he's with, not, not, but again, not willing to do difficult things. So if you're... Yeah two relationships oriented that's why it's important to balance out that other side and so when I've seen principal struggle with those two to be honest over the years I've been at this for a long time too uh, the one that I see principals particularly struggle with the most is being two relationships oriented Mm -hmm. I haven't worked with that many that have been too accountability and achievement oriented yeah. Uh, who have struggled. Usually if they're accountability and achievement oriented, they can figure out how to balance the relationships. Yeah. But some that are too relationships oriented have a hard time figuring out yes. how to balance the accountability. You know, and I mean, I get it. They value, people, we all kind of value relation, relationships because we want people to like us. Mm-hmm. Like we just... Yeah, you want to enjoy coming to work? Yeah. Right. Everybody right. naturally, like we don't want, we don't want people to be mad at us. So if you're already naturally driven by relationships... It can be really easy to inadvertently go down the slippery slope of prioritizing being liked over being effective or being liked uh, by the staff even over being over doing what's best uh, for the kids. Mm -hmm. And I really mean that it's a it is a slippery slope that you can go down. And so if you're a if you're naturally a relationships oriented driven leader. You have to be really aware that you aren't going down that path of prioritizing being liked over everything else. Yes, absolutely. And you can tell, it, 
you can tell in the classroom that when that occurs, you know, when the expectations aren't set early on. Yes. And the teacher, that, that's a lot of times with a new teacher, when they're trying to spend more time being liked, it's really a hard time. They may really struggle with managing that classroom and putting those structures and supports that need to be in there. Yeah, I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought it back to the classroom because that's true in the classroom with a teacher who may value being liked over doing what's best or being effective or getting the highest level of achievement uh, from the students. We mentioned bus drivers earlier. If you have a bus driver who prioritizes being liked by the students over being effective, that means maybe the maybe the environment's not as safe right. as it needs to be. Like we could just go on down the line um, with each with each one of us at the at the district level if we value being liked over being effective uh then we're then we're maybe not making kid focused uh decisions uh, mm-hmm. same with same with building leaders so if you all see a situation like this where you notice somebody's prioritizing being liked over being effective do you have any suggestions on how to help this leader whether it's a teacher or an administrator or a, a classified staff member realize his or her blind spot there and try to help them uh, find the balance? I know that's a tough question. Any, anything's come to your mind there? Uh, yes. Um, one of the things that I think about if we're not careful, and impact, for instance, impact survey data, that's one piece of data, right? Yeah, yeah. And that can sometimes that can sometimes cause leaders, principals, to feel like they have to lean a particular way. Um, But in reality, that's just one piece of data. So I like to take the leader back to, or the teacher back to, what is the ultimate impact you wanna make as a leader? And what measures are you gonna use to make sure that that's happening? Impact may be one piece of that, but ultimately, like we have a principal that says, I want all of my students reading on grade level by the time they leave primary. That's their goal, it's a lofty goal. But what's gonna be my measure? Is it going to be whether we're always happy or we feel good about everything or whether or not student learning is happening? And that's, that's the measure that we have to give priority to. Fine to build relationships. It's obvious that we need to have buy-in, that we need to have those things. But ultimately, if it's not impacting student learning, if that's the impact we want to make, then we're not. We've lost sight. We've lost sight of what the real focus should be. Well, I think that's a great. I think that's a great example of the balance as well. Uh, mentioning to them that you know you do have some survey data. And by the way. For our listeners, if you're listening from outside Kentucky, the the impact survey is a teacher uh, survey that that all teachers across the state, it's a teacher perception survey that they take every year. And it's a valuable piece of data, but it's not the only data, right? right? And so you also have student achievement data. Yes. uh, That, you know, if you're the leader, you've got to be cognizant of what all the data uh, is saying. Really good. And and I love that Lori started this with uh, the data. because uh, I, I think that helps people process potential weaknesses and strengths, yep. mm-hmm. uh, not only in the school, but, but uh, with their leadership style. But then I think it all also ultimate, ultimately boils down to a willingness to have a critical conversation. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know, when we say critical conversations, sometimes that can come across as a harsher in your face. Mm-hmm. But 
I think you can have those critical conversations sometimes just by asking somebody a series of questions that really leads them to that. And you know, you need to have in your mind an outcome. Uh, and then if you don't reach that outcome, the conversation may need to be a little bit more intentional and all. But I think that uh, the important thing is uh, helping somebody recognize something and then building from that. And I don't think it, that it needs to be uh, just identifying that, hey, you're weak at relationship building. Sure. Uh, you know, it, it really needs to tie to uh, what opportunities to exist to grow and be stronger in that area. That's so, right. So that it doesn't feel like you've closed the door or, or pushed them aside. And then, you know, from, I, I think with this whole piece of it, it's also really important to uh, model uh, the work and, you know, not just modeling that you're great at addressing achievement, you're great at addressing relationships, but model that you're not, that that each of us as leaders are have areas that we need to focus on and, right. and be aware of that and communicate things that you're trying to do to address uh, the fact that you you don't have to do a good job building relationships or you know that you need to get better but let let people hear your thought processes and how you're trying to navigate uh, some of the same things that they may need to be navigating yeah i think that's so really letting them have a little peek behind the curtain right yeah you know that's they, exactly you know so here's something that i'm about to do because i'm driven more by Mm-hmm. achievement and accountability so here's something I'm going to make sure that I do today or this week mm-hmm. because it's important for me to be aware that that's my blind spot mm-hmm. uh, and you know I obviously lean more to a relationship mm-hmm. and uh, somebody that I work with very closely points out that uh, I say a lot I think it's a good idea if you do this mm-hmm. and you know, she knows when I say that, and people that have worked with me for a while, that's my way of saying, you better do that. <laughs> and and oh. you know, I say, it's, yeah, I think it's a okay. good idea. Lori, Lori but, says, oh, let, me yeah, write, yeah. let me write that oh, down. No. But, I think it's, yeah, yeah. but I think it is because, you know, I, you know, I am drawn more to the relationship, but I also need to make sure that if I do have an expectation that, you know, people under are understanding what my expectation right. is. Right. I don't need to go into that too soft. Yeah. But, you know, with people, again, that I work with, and I, I said, Michelle Gadbury, we've worked together for 20 years, and if I say I think it's a good idea, she's like, okay, well, when do you want it done by? You know, that kind of a thing. Yes. So, so yes. yeah, but it is mm-hmm. a, an awareness. Yeah. Awesome. Well, so, so we've covered a lot of ground today, and we're kind of coming up on the end now. Uh, we've talked about what I feel is a really important topic and I appreciate all your all's input on it. Is there anything else you all would like to add today? Anything on this topic or another one that you just want to make sure, you know, our listeners, we have uh, lots of school and district administrators. We have teachers uh, who listen. We have some folks outside education uh, who listen, who are just in leadership positions. Mm -hmm. So just kind of want to open the floor. If there's anything else you want to make sure that you share today before we wrap up. I love that you've taken this topic on. Mm. I think for a lot of our people here, it was really freeing Mm -hmm. for them because they knew as leaders in the district and in schools that they had some things they needed to take care of. And it gave them sort of a lease to be able to, okay, I can do this while still maintaining relationships. There are some conversations I need to have 
it sort of gave them that freedom to be able to feel supported in doing that and just to know that's the right next step. So thank you for doing that. I appreciate that. I'm glad it's had that uh, kind of effect. So as I was reflecting on the training that you conducted for us last week with all of our principals, you know, it really does make me uh, think of those uh, really strong leaders that I've had an opportunity to connect with. And you know, for me, it's really hard. It was really hard for me to tell if they maybe are stronger as uh, in that relationship piece or that achievement piece. But the thing that was really evident is uh, they had a strong skill set in both of them. So that, that relationship, they valued that relationship, but you also knew that uh, they were after results and trying to make that situation better. So I think it's a powerful topic and it is something that really is worth processing with uh, your team and uh, with you individually. Okay. I appreciate that, guys. Well, listen, as we wrap up today, you all have done such a good job today. So, Lori, Matt, uh, thank you and best wishes to you all throughout the rest of the school year. Jessamine County is definitely in good hands with you all uh, and the staff uh, that you have around around you. So thank you for joining me today. Thank okay, you. We enjoyed it. Thank you. Okay, so that's going to wrap us up for another episode of Advantage. Thanks again to Matt Moore and Lori Jones for joining me today. And thanks to you for listening. Have a great week, and we will see you next time. Take care.